Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. Why we choose to ignore the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, addiction, mental illness, and much more. What role do they play in relationships? Follow me each week as we discuss these topics with anonymous guests and experts to hopefully become better humans, resulting in better choices. Like I say, been there, still doing that. Now, on to the show. Greetings, Anonymous Andrew, back with another episode. And today's episode is, okay, I'm going to say special because it is, but they're all special. But this one in particular, um, early in the days, early in the days, God, several months ago when I first started this podcast, I was invited as a guest on another podcast based out of Europe, specifically in Spain, by a woman named Lynn Smith, and she hosts a podcast called Entwined Hearts. And she had heard about my story of gas, being gaslit in my last relationship, and she wanted me to come on and talk about gaslighting. And so I did. And Lynn and I have stayed in touch since then, and it is now time for me to have Lynn on my show. She is a relationship expert and a dating expert and has quite a story. So you, what you're about to hear is Lynn Smith from Entwined Hearts. We'll talk to you on the other side. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Anonymous Andrew back with you with another episode. And today I have, I'm very excited to have Lynn Smith. And Lynn Smith is with, she has a podcast called Hearts Entwined. And I'm I'm specifically um, excited to have her because she invited me on her podcast several months ago. And it was in the early days of my podcasting. By the way, let me say hello, Lynn. Let me, talk, let me welcome you to the podcast. Hello. I'm very happy to be here, Andrew, and to meet you again. Yes. And thank you for coming on. So yeah, she had uh, early in the early days of my podcast. Um, I think I was the, this is the first time that somebody interviewed me, and I was uh, very honored that she asked me to come on. And now um, I'm returning the favor, and or I, I would love her to uh, grace us with her presence on my podcast. She's a brilliant podcaster, and uh, so let me let me quickly tell the audience all about you. So she has a part, a podcast called Hearts Entwined, and she's got um, upwards of 235 episodes. And she is a love and dating and relationship expert. And she goes by the term Queen of Hearts. So Lynn, why don't you tell us how you got started in becoming a relationship expert, a podcaster? We'd love to hear all your sto the story of leading up to this. Well, my story, thank you, Andrew, is is a very, very harrowing one. So for anybody listening, 
that might have young children around, then they might want to um, just listen on earphones only <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because, uh, you know, this might be adult content that isn't suitable for, for young children. So for me, what, what started my journey was um, during my teens, um, well, to, to cut to the chase and not make it too long, um, I'm a rape survivor. And this happened to me twice in my teens at the age of 15, at the age of 18, different men, different times. And um, it really, as you can imagine, affected my future relationships. I literally went from, um, you know, being a very happy, very uh, go lucky type outgoing person to having these events happen to becoming, you know, very, very um, or contemplating suicide, to be quite honest. Um, at the time and the only thing that sort of stopped me was the thought of my younger brother uh, being on his own because my mum and dad had recently separated and um, I worried about him so you know uh, at the time he saved my life I suppose you could say but the overall impact on my future relationships obviously subsequently unfolded and I went through literally all sorts. I went through the the toxic relationships, the good relationships, which I then sub self sabotage. I went through a promiscuous phase. I went through um, a phase where I was um, the opposite, you know, literally quite numb and very adverse to getting involved in any sexual relationships. And um, it wasn't until I was in my late twenties, nearly twenty seven. That I met my ex-husband and he, I have to say, right from the start was was a great guy. You know, he was stable. He was safe. He was somebody that helped me to feel very secure. And for me, at that moment in my life, that was all I needed. You know, I needed somebody to keep me safe, make me feel loved and make me feel secure. And that, that relationship lasted for 23 years. And we had two beautiful daughters out of that relationship. But there, there come a point in that relationship where... I thought there's got to be something more, you know, because I was quite, to be honest with you, quite confused, uh, quite cold at times. And I didn't understand myself, hadn't really, you know, sorted myself out and, and healed myself from the trauma that happened. I hadn't even told my husband about it. In fact, I didn't tell anybody wow. about it until I was 42 years old. Wow. Uh, and then I got the response from in the UK at that time. It was rape crisis. And I had an initial consultation with a, a counsellor who um, at the end of it said, um, sorry, Lynn, she says there's another 12 to 18 months waiting list for any ongoing counselling. Well, you can imagine, you know, after waiting 20 plus, well, probably about 25 years. Wow. <laughs> to actually get to the point where I could talk. That was not what I wanted to hear. No, of course not. But in my mind, I thought that it would help me be able to tell my husband and my daughters about what had happened because my eldest was coming up to puberty and 11, 12 years old. And um, I wanted to be able to tell them what happened so that if anything untoward or threatening or threatening nature happened to them, they, they could feel able to tell me because I hadn't told anybody. Um, so in that sort of 12 to 18 months period after that, 
meeting with the counsellor, um, I was able to tell my husband what happened and I was able to tell my daughters what happened. So when I did get the letter, which was, you know, it was a letter in those days, <laughs> it was in the, the uh, early 2000s, um, they said, you know, we've got this counsellor available and I said, I'll give it to somebody else because I felt like, you know, all I wanted to be able to do was tell my family what happened and I'd already done that. You know, and that was probably a big mistake because I have obviously hadn't healed from a lot of the stuff that was ongoing for me still internally. And also, um, I just felt that I'm starting my healing journey, that my ex-husband wasn't really very supportive at that time. It, you know, he's a great guy, but I don't think he understood. I think he was in too much shock to really know how to help me. And um, I actually ended that relationship because I didn't feel like it was progressing, felt like it ran its course. And I was craving some passion in a relationship. And it was down to me, I realized that we didn't have that passion because I was very much, you know, in um, what I describe as masculine energy. In other words, um, I was very defensive and very protective of my heart and very much guarded when it come when it came to relationships so that's what got me interested in looking at um learning more about relationships and how to generate passion in relationships but it unfortunately didn't happen within that relationship with my ex-husband i'd already progressed and uh, left that relationship and looking back maybe you know had i done the work that I've done since, um, you know, I could have turned things around. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. You know, the, the trauma that we go through as in, in our adolescence or childhood that does carry over into adulthood. Um, and especially if, if you're with somebody that doesn't support you or doesn't understand. Uh, so, so you left that marriage. How long has it been now? The 2009, I left wow. that marriage. And I've had a 10-year relationship with another partner since then. Um, and where that passion was present in the relationship. And that's what I learned, you know, where in that relationship well, it, it is what does create, you know, a healthy, passionate relationship in a in a intimate relationship. And he and you told him about the trauma? Yes, I did. Yes, that's okay. yeah. And he and he was supportive. Yeah, very supportive. Oh, good. And you're still with him? No, we're we're actually still friends. But again, you know, there there come a point where uh, we mutually agreed that we we're both going in different directions in terms of our life's path. So, you know, we're still friends. But you know, after we were together for over ten years. And uh, we did share a lot of passion in that relationship. So I, I know both sides of the coin. I know what caused me to not have or create passion or attract passion in my relationship with my ex-husband because of the energy and the unresolved stuff that I was still dealing with in that relationship. And I know what then subsequently created it and attracted it in my future, um, you know, pre, you know, ex-partner now yeah. that I had subsequent to that. I I'm coming to the realization that there are obviously it's unique to many people, but 
relationships, there are, uh, I'm trying to, as you were talking, this thought came to my mind. I have to try to put it into words. Some people can be in long term relationship, well, lifelong. There are people who have been married 40, 50, 60 years. There are others who um, go through cycles of relationships. Um, and it sounds like, see, so you had a, you had a, a a marriage and then a, another another relation i'm i'm not sure what i'm trying to say is coming out correctly but there seems to be like um there's a poem called uh seasons something about seasons we go through periods in our life where we are with somebody for 5 10 15 years and then that ends and then another relationship begins and that goes for 10 15 years and it seems that that's where I am at. I, I I seem to have been doing that my entire life, which brought me to where I am today, trying to research why this pattern keeps happening to me. Um, so where are you today? Um, single and just working on? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm single and, and I know that I will attract the best of both of what those previous relationships held for me, right. you know, the the safety and security uh, that I had with my ex-husband, as well as the passion and intimacy that I shared with my ex-boyfriend. Um, you know, I feel that now I'm in a very good, healthy place after being single for a few years where I'm ready to attract the best of what both those were, relationships were to me at the, at the best. Okay, that's, that's a good point. And that brings me to a, a question. And you, you mentioned earlier, masculine and feminine energy. So I'm single too. And when we're ready to, ready to begin dating again or, or looking to attract a mate, how important or how does one go about putting out that positive energy into the universe? Um, and there's a, there's a, I guess a reason that I'm asking that question and I can get into that later, but how does one begin to, so you said you're ready to, 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 to now attract. How, how do we do that? Because I'm, I'm failing, I'm to... failing at it. <laughs> but first of all, I want to explain that we all have masculine and feminine energy within us, you know, regardless of our gender or our sex or even our sexual orientation, we've, we've all got masculine and feminine energy. It's just that, in especially in opposite sex relationships it's just that uh, your more dominant or more natural core energy is usually the same as your gender it's not always the case but it is usually the same as your gender so for me my natural core energy even though we've got masculine and feminine energy is the is the feminine energy and in a partner his would be the masculine energy and it's a case of the polarization of those energies that creates a passion. But also within, within energies, there are healthy masculine energies and unhealthy masculine energies and unhealthy feminine energies and healthy feminine energies. So um, that's the difference between a healthy relationship and an unhealthy relationship. Obviously, what we're aiming for is to make sure that we've in a healthy um, energy when we're looking and feel ready to attract a new partner in our lives. Because if we're, if I'm in an unhealthy feminine energy or even an unhealthy masculine energy, which I'm perfectly able to default into because 
remember in my relationship with my ex-husband, you know, I was very cold and quite frigid sometimes. And that's me being on my guard, you know, and living a life where I'm on high alert all the time and wanting to be in control of the relationship. Now, those are all masculine traits and not necessarily unhealthy masculine traits, but masculine traits, no less. And um, obviously to another masculine energy that I wanted to attract in other words a passionate masculine that I was looking for right. I couldn't see those traits in my husband because the more a woman stands in a masculine energy the more a man will either step more into his feminine which isn't attractive then to her which is what happened in my relationship with my ex-husband or you know you'll start butting heads with um, a more dominant masculine energy because he can only sense or feel another masculine energy in the room. So you'd like two stags. So you'd like to have more conflict in a relationship, you know, if the woman's defaulting more into a masculine energy and then you, you're sort of in a position where you can't understand why you're not attracting a healthy, strong masculine man because it's you're the one that's wearing the trousers, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. It does. So... Uh... How does one know when they're so the uh, the energy comes from our 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 chi or or our our soul? Uh, you know, in my mind, I, I feel like that I'm ready to start dating again. I, I'd like to start dating, but. Uh, again, I, there's a reason why I'm asking this. Um, I, I was talking to a, a woman a couple of days ago online. We were texting and we met last night and I thought everything went well. And we were supposed to get together this afternoon to do something. And I have not heard from her. There is something I'm putting out in my energy that is that may be telling people something that I'm yeah. not ready and yet up here in my mind, I'm fully, totally ready. Right. But, but apparently, like the, the the feminine energy picks up that I'm not ready. Okay. So, so, what, so what actually happens in a relationship is that um, quite often, and this isn't our fault, you know, we've been quite often parented and educated to be more in a sort of like a neutral energy these days, you know, because it's not politically correct to even call ourselves a woman and a man these days. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, no, those are totally different conversations. But at the end of the day, it's the polarization of energies which creates passion. So the more I'm in my feminine and in a healthy feminine energy, the more I'm likely to attract a healthy masculine energy man. Now, um, unhealthy masculine energy and we can all as i say take these on board regardless of what what our gender is unhealthy masculine energy is like possessiveness controlling jealousy um being a, a chauvinist so all those sorts of things are the unhealthy masculine energy and the unhealthy masculine energy comes from a place of fear so if you have any fear doubt worry it, when you're entering a relationship you're are going to be exuding those sorts of energies, probably without even realizing that that's what you're doing. 
when we're in a healthy masculine energy, you'll feel you'll be feeling more chivalrous, protective. You, you know, wanting to keep your woman safe. Um, you'll be wanting to um, be passionate in a healthy way. And what happens is that that comes from a place of love and you know the total opposite really you're coming from a place of love, feeling love and abundant and, and safe and secure within in who you are and that's when you start exuding the positive masculine traits that are, you know a healthy feminine woman is, is is looking for on the opposite side of the scale the unhealthy feminine is is the clingy and men, men can adopt these traits as well as women. You know, I say we can all adopt these, all the all these traits, whether they're healthy or unhealthy. So the the unhealthy feminine is when we're desperate, needy, clingy, you know, submissive in a negative way. I mean, a woman will want to be submissive with a healthy masculine male just because she feels his healthy masculinity. But you know, there's other women that will be submissive in a dysfunctional relationship. You know, who gets beaten up to it twice a day or whatever right. so that's a different thing you know when i'm talking about being submissive that can be in a healthy or unhealthy way depending on what place you're in when you're exuding that energy and when you're exuding the negative energies it is from a place of fear doubt worry you know all those things and when a, a woman's in a healthy feminine then she's the nurturing you know she's the she's the compassionate she's the sensual energy so it's learning you know what is the healthy and unhealthy um am i defaulting into masculine energy whether that's healthy or unhealthy and wondering why i'm not attracting a, a strong masculine energy presence um because usually women you know that are now taught to be more independent and financially secure you know um wonder why they're not attracting a great healthy yeah. masculine male and it's quite often because they're in masculine energy you know and we need to sometimes be in masculine energy i'm not saying it's wrong to be masculine energy especially in the workplace or especially in for in a sporting environment when we need to be masculine energy because the masculine energy is competitiveness and and also for me i was in masculine energy because i was defaulting into it because of my previous trauma you know, and uh, I wanted to control that relationship because I, you know, didn't know any any better. I didn't know all this information. We're not taught it in schools, are we? No. And so I was defaulting into masculine energy without even realizing that, um, you know, it was just me wanting to protect myself and feel safe. It, and uh, to go back to what you mentioned earlier, the landscape has changed in our culture. What you were talking about, women being more independent these days, more financially independent and, and taking on the masculine energy. It is very confusing for, uh, I, 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 I can only speak for my generation. Uh, you know, I'm in my 60s. This, this date that I went on last night and, and the conversations that led up to it, I was so... I guess the word would be not confident, but um, worried about what I might say that might be the wrong thing. Because today, if you say something that might be construed, even if it was in a humorous fashion or or, or you were trying to make some, make a joke, 
it can come across the wrong way. And, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, this wasn't a problem. Today, in my experience, it's like literally walking on eggshells or tiptoeing around a conversation with somebody because you might be, you're afraid you're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. And, um, and, and case in point, I went on this date last night and we made plans to go do something this afternoon. And I, I woke up this morning and I texted her and I said, I mean, she knew that we both had morning plans and we were going to meet up. You know, I texted her at eight o'clock. I haven't heard from her. It is now what my time, 1130. So something either, either that I said or that, or, or going back to the energy that I exuded must have turned her off or something, uh, unless something happened that I'm not aware of. I, I, I think where I'm going is that it's, we we don't, we're not, like you said, we're not taught this in, in school. And even if we were taught this in school back in the day, it has all changed. So whatever we would have learned is different today, right? Yeah, it's absolutely different. And also, aside from, you know, all these energies where you can be, as I say, regardless of who you are and what gender you are, you can be in sort of, as I say, positive or negative feminine energy, positive or negative masculine energy. But there's also a neutral energy as well. You know, when we've been educated to be more in that neutral energy and then we're wondering why there's no passion in our relationships. And it's because it's a polarization of energies that attracts the passion. You know, when we're sort of being gender neutral, neither strongly masculine or strongly right. feminine, then, you know, the energy is very neutral and you can get to a point where, you know, the, the, the energy is almost flatlining. Right. And the, the relationship is, you know, might as well be dead. And that, that's what happened with me in my relationship with my ex-husband. Yeah, it, it's it's extremely confusing. Just so let's 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 shift this into uh, what you and I are discussing relationships. How do we get begin the dating process again so for example what are you doing for yourself if you're ready to date again are you on dating apps um are you going to events where you might organically meet somebody what's your approach to finding your next mate i feel it's around you know you you naturally attract somebody into your life so i mean you but you have to obviously create those opportunities. Now you might be on a few dating apps and the actual um, potential partner come, could come on the back of one of those dating apps, but it might not. So it's been open to being, not being set on it, presenting itself in any one particular way. You know, it could be through a friend, for example, or through a, an activity that you're, or a hobby that you're involved in that you actually end up meeting somebody. So it's just, preparing yourself in the meantime is about how best can I keep myself in a positive energy state you know that that needs to be the primary focus how can I keep myself in a positive energy state and one of the easiest things if you do feel you know that you're down one day for example and, and not feeling particularly upbeat it is to change your posture you know can just do a simple exercise whereby just by lifting your chin up and rolling your shoulders back, sticking your chest out and actually looking slightly upwards 
that changes your energy state because you quite often see when people are depressed, they've got the head down, haven't they? The, yep. the shoulders are rolled in, they're shuffling along really slow. And that actually then creates um, more of a state where you're likely to think negative thoughts. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And as you were saying that, I, I picked myself up and I, <laughs> but you're correct. Uh, just the body language alone will, uh, shift that energy um this is just fascinating stuff but it's confusing as well it's it's literally a, walking a minefield these days in the dating world i'm truly lost in um like i said earlier i'm ready to start dating again but there's some part of my energy field that's either putting out something negative or or I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i at a loss of words because uh, we're actually recording this the morning after a date that I had last night. And I'm I'm just lost and confused as to what happened. Why this this is like literally getting ghosted. Um, and and I'm, I have no idea what happened. And um, you might not even find out what happened, but the thing is to be fine with that. You know, how um, don't actually perceive it as rejection, rather perceive it as uh, an opportunity now to meet somebody who is right for you. Because if this person isn't right for you, they've done you a favor. That, in, that, you know, I don't, yes, I was thinking that I uh, while I was on this date, there there were there were some telltale signs that I may not have been 100% happy with. Um, but yet I thought that overall the date went well. But now this morning, I was I was thinking that. I was thinking if if this is not going to pan out, if we're not going to go on a second date, maybe I dodged the bullet. You know, maybe, Absolutely. maybe, yeah, the universe said, no, this is not for you. So, um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, just to just be, would be grateful that you've, you know, think of it in that way that you potentially have dodged the bullet. I mean, you might hear later on, for example, that some probably emergency came up and she wasn't able to let you know or something like that. But, you know, that that's to be be uh, in hindsight if it, that it does unfold that way. But you know, in the meantime, it's best to think, you know, along the lines of, well, perhaps I did dodge a bullet here and the universe is letting me know that that isn't the right person at this moment in time for me. And, um, you know, so uh, I need to still focus on being ready for when I do meet the right person that is for me. Yeah. And, and so this all comes down to patience, because while I might think I'm ready to, to start dating, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. It could take quite some time. And ironically, as we're, as we're recording this, my son just texted me and asked me if I was free this afternoon to get together. So I, if nothing else, I get to get together with my youngest son. Wow, that's great. Yeah, no, which is it made me smile because as, as I was talking to you, I saw the the text come across my screen. So, uh, Lynn, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Uh, you have over two hundred episodes, so you you've been doing this for how many years now? How many you do uh, one a week? Three, yeah, one a week for about uh, three or four years now, and um, you know sometimes there's just me giving my own thoughts and uh, teachings and guidance and help around what I've learned on my journey. Um, 
and other times I'm interviewing people like yourselves that have, you know, learned their own life lessons that yep. are wanting to share their messages and empower people. Yeah. And, and when you, when you invited me on your podcast, gosh, it, it I, I, I probably should have looked up the date, but it was, I started my podcast back in March. So it was sometime maybe uh, June, July, uh, March, April, probably May, um, I remember you had you had asked me and I had just gone to a relationship that was filled with gaslighting. And so our topic was all about gaslighting when you had me on. So um, is there any specific topic that you're focusing on now that I'm trying to literally covered such a wide range, you know, anything from self-love to like you say you with you it was gaslighting but i've also had people on that have owned sex shops for example talking about marital aids <laughs> i've had people on talking about sex education uh, i've had people talking about kinky stuff you know yeah. but it's not that i'm interested in in doing that for myself but i think you know may, maybe there's a portion of my audience that is into yeah. you know being open to experimenting so there's been nothing that's been taboo <laughs> Yeah, no. As a podcaster, you want to bring everything and anything that's available, uh, or the topic. Like you said, you don't want to. For 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 me, I don't want to exclude anybody in my audience if if they're into something kinky and I can have a kinky guest on. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know. So yes, yeah, so I've had uh, people talking about BDSM, people talking about polyamorous relationships, and you know, it's been quite an education for me, to be honest. <laughs> Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I came across a guest. <clears throat> I came across two guests recent, well, within the last couple of months <clears throat> that wanted to be on the podcast. They they approached me. One was a professional escort. Um, um, and, and of course, here in the United States, in the state of Nevada, escorting uh, uh, prostitution is legal, at least in, in not, I don't think the whole state in a certain area of, of Nevada. But my ex was an escort and i was triggered by that and i said no i, I can't have that guest on I, I didn't want to promote that type of um but it's a legitimate profession these days and it's widely accepted around the world um and then there was another guest that wanted to come on you mentioned poly polyamory that's becoming a thing today where couples are not monogamous anymore um i'm old-fashioned I'm a monogamist. I'm in a relationship. Me I, too. Yeah. And I, I felt as if having somebody to come on to promote polyamory was another trigger for me. But I think it's like you said, at some point, if it's even though it's not for me, I should bring it to the audience and let them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I make it clear usually as part of the conversation that, you know, it's not something for me, but I really wanted to share this, you know, for those members of the audience that are curious. Yep. And knowing people that have experimented with these sorts of things and what their their uh, you know experiences have been. And uh, yeah, it's and it, quite often you have to put an 18 plus on some of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> warning adult content. But, yeah. you know, they do really well in terms of views so, and listens. So, you know, most most of our viewers too might be interested. <laughs> yeah, and most of my episodes, I have an explicit warning because you don't know what's going to come up in a conversation like we're having now. So I have to put an explicit warning on this, on the show, but that's fine because uh, in in my mind, 
that this topic, even though like we talked about children or, 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 or adolescents are not taught how to be in relationships, I just don't think I should be the one doing that. Um, so my, my audience target is uh, 18, 19 and over and preferably even 21 and over, but I can't obviously control who listens to my podcast and you can't control who listens to yours. So, um, okay, Lynn, uh, um, anything you would like to share with us uh, before we part ways? Um, I will put all the information about your show. Um, by the way, I just, uh, I did listen to the last episode um, last night and this morning I, I left you a review. So um, for those who um want to find Lynn's podcast. It's Hearts Entwined. Um, and you're based out of... Uh, last time I spoke to you, you were in Spain, but you are based out of London? I'm, I'm based in Spain still. I'm from uh, the UK, but I am... Oh, you're living in Spain. Living. Okay, yes. great. Okay. Do you speak Spanish? No. <laughs> <laughs> to my shame, I don't. But I mean, poco, a little bit. But... Um, <laughs> Me too. Okay. So, so many people here, because it's such an eclectic mix of international people, even the Spanish, when they speak to me, are wanting to perfect their English. So everybody speaks to me in English, even if I try to speak to them in, in Spanish, because they want to improve their English. So you just think, oh, my gosh. <laughs> OK. All right. You know, uh, I surrender and uh, in, just enjoy it. And I'm grateful for the fact that I speak English and everybody wants to speak to me in English. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, I've I've tried to take up Spanish. I'm still learning it, um, uh, but I have nobody here, unlike you, to practice it with. So, I uh, I almost feel like I should be in 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 a in a Latin or or a, a Spanish country to, to to do that. So, okay, Lynn, um, th this has been a very enlightening uh, conversation. I want to thank you so much for being on 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 my show today again, Lynn Smith. Her podcast is Hearts Entwined, and you are available on Apple and what other platforms are you on? Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, yeah. I mean, oh. all the main platforms. All the main platforms. Okay. By the way, they're taking, I don't know if you heard, Stitcher is coming down. They discontinued Stitcher, I think, starting, okay. yeah, September 1st. I got an email from them saying your podcast will no longer be on Stitcher because they're closing it down for some reason, so... Um, any parting words to my audience or? Yeah, I think one of the easiest things a woman can practice, you know, um, to be more in a feminine, and obviously it's a big, big subject, and I've covered loads of these topics on my own podcast, is um, to just recognize, you know, if a man wants to do something for you, to actually let him. So, it, you know, chivalry doesn't have to be dead. And the thing is that when he's offering to help, it's his one of his gifts. And quite often, you know, we've been educated and parented to think, well, women are strong and we can do everything for ourselves. And we don't need a man to open the door for us. We don't need him to carry our bags for us. We don't need him to pull out the chair at a restaurant. But all those things are his gifts in showing you that, he, you know, he respects and, and likes and loves you. And um if we can just graciously accept those gifts and say thank you and appreciate him for those, that's going to go a long way to helping you maintain and get into your feminine energy consistently. I agree. And uh, I was brought up a gentleman and I will always continue to, to, to try to be a gentleman in a relationship. Um, 
if the woman accepts it, she does. I think communication is very key, um, but that's a topic for another day. Um, but I, I agree with you 100%. A, a gentleman uh, and a woman should be gracious enough to accept that. But again, that's we're going into a gray area there, which is another, another topic for another show. So, okay, Lynn, it is, it is so great to see you again. Um, maybe we'll do this again next year. Uh, and I want to thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time out to be on my show today. Thoroughly enjoyed it, Andrew. Thank you. Okay. And thank you to your audience. Well, I want to thank Lynn Smith from Entwined Hearts Podcast. Thank you so much, Lynn. She gave me a lot of hope in the early, I keep saying early days in my podcast. It was a couple of months ago. <laughs> I want to thank Lynn very much because she gave me a lot of hope uh, asking me to be, She. Uh, it was my very first appearance on another show and um, it just blew my mind that somebody wanted to talk to me. Confidence, self-confidence. All right, ladies and gentlemen and people of all genders, please subscribe follow leave a review five stars would be nice but whatever you think i deserve on apple podcast or spotify you can do that i bet you didn't know that right so and if you are going to have to make a choice please please choose wisely until next time ciao